listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. All right, we are live. Welcome to the fourth episode of the 49 Carats Podcast. We have an exciting show for you today. I'm Angelina Martin, my co-host, Stephanie Sanchez. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) And Angie, Angie, you got a new um, Twitter name. Since the I last did. Time. Wow. So I had the same Twitter at since 2009 when I joined Twitter. It was Angie Sunshine. And now, as you can see, it's Ange Writes because that's what I do. I write. It should have been Ange Talks, to be honest. But, you know, that's a different story. Anyway, we have an exciting yes. show today. We have Javier Vega here, the founder of 49ers Goldmine, the podfather from the fourth and gold podcast himself javi thank you so much for joining us we're so excited to have you uh thanks for having me you guys always like oversell like uh, everyone <laughs> oversells i'm just a regular guy uh everyone loves javi angie writes but she hasn't written anything for the website that's the thing that kind of <laughs> blows my mind right um, hey but i do make sure that those commas are in place before it gets yes, published <laughs> yes the commas are always in the correct place yeah of course ladies thanks for having me it's been a pleasure to work with you guys so far with the website and everything else and uh, look forward to doing much, much more. Um, I think we're all just excited for this draft to be over. Like yes. Over. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not even here yet and we're ready for it to be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many days till the draft stuff? Eight now. Eight. Steve Young. Steve Young days. Steve Seven Young days. Seven wake up. Perfect. Yeah. Woo. So we have a, a fun show lined up. Uh, let's run through the agenda really quick. We're going to, as always, talk about this week in 49ers history. That's something fun that we do. I love that. Uh, we're going to talk about the latest 49ers news. We're going to do draft talk with Javi, and then we're going to get into a Twitter tizzy if we have time and, and uh, take some questions that you guys all sent us on Twitter. I know everyone had a lot of questions for Javi. He's a popular and very smart guy. So thanks for sending those in. Uh, we'll get started right away with this week in 49ers history. And Steph sent this to me uh, when we were planning the episode, and I I shed a tear. Um, Steph, why don't you tell them what happened this week in 49ers history? Okay, so we have two this week, actually. So the first, they're both actually kind interesting. of... interesting. They're both kind of sad, actually. Um, so... On this day, and sorry, I didn't write the the date. I suck, but oh, I got it. Oh, you do have the date. I do. Joe Montana one. Oh no, never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. So first one was is Joe Montana on this day was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. That Crazy. is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right. We just start the episode off on just this terrible note. Feels great, baby. <laughs> oh yes, and we have a soundboard. That's why we invited Javi. That's the, re- <laughs> That's the real reason. Um, how crazy to to have your star quarterback, you know, traded. Um, well, obviously it was more complicated than that, but yeah, that was funny during the Super Bowl last year when he was like all like trying not to pick a side and stuff. And it's like, dude, come on, you're Awkward. you're 49ers through and through. But um, I'll take Steve Young's better than Joe Montana. I will. I mean, that's, I mean, to some that might be a hot take. Great. Second, see, great the guys model. agree. More talented. Number eight. Exactly. All right. So the second one this week in 49ers history, April 23rd, 2005, the 49ers drafted Alex Smith with the number one overall pick. And as we know, this day in hit or that day in history is especially you know, makes us feel a type of way because Alex Smith 
Jess announced his retirement. Pain yeah. makes us all pretty sad. Yeah, and honestly, Alex, he was much better. Obviously, once once Harbaugh showed up, guy got a raw deal. Those seven was it seven okay. different offensive coordinators, five head coaches, whatever the number was, is ridiculous. And then, you know, he went on a really good, good, good run with Andy Reid in Kansas City. And then before he got injured, they were like six and two when he was with Washington. So he was for a guy to go through what he went through, and then to kind of have that much left in the tank to to be a winner and get his teams to the playoffs consistently in Kansas City. You know, I don't think he threw a touchdown to a wide receiver, and they they knocked him for that for the one year. You know, so yeah, the guy was relentless. And you know, we had Adam Snyder on our podcast, and he was like, "If anyone's going to come back from this injury, it's going to be Alex." And you know, I doubted him. I mean, I shouldn't doubt professional athletes, but Jesus Christ, he came back and he led his team to the playoffs. You know, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible, but he was more mobile than Nick Mullins. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Yeah, so uh, shout out to Alex Smith. You know, the guy got a raw deal in San Francisco. Um, I don't think he got a raw deal with the Kaepernick thing. I understood why they made the change, but guy was a pro all the way through. Help Cap, help Mahomes. You know, he's going to be a coach someday. I can see him being somebody's OC or head coach down the road. So shout out to Alex. I hope so. I hope yeah, so. That'd be awesome. Crazy pick because we all know with that number one overall pick, they were supposed to take Aaron Rodgers and that didn't happen. Um, in retrospect, Javi, who would you have picked Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers? Um, it's just, it's, <laughs> you know, it, people say that people bring that up a lot. Like Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers, could Aaron Rodgers survive? What Alex Smith survived could, you know, were the, the Niners were in a bad place. Aaron Rodgers had to rechange his entire throwing motion. He had a lot of warts to his game when coming out of Cal. Could he have been successful in San Francisco? I mean, you know, I'm always told, you know, talent always rises, cream rises to the top. Um, so maybe he could have, but I think just the circumstances around it, I don't know if we get the same Aaron Rodgers we have now had he went through the same situation. But you have to put them in the same situation, right? Exactly. Um, those Niners teams were really bad. Um, he got the perfect situation. He got to sit behind Favre, got to readjust his whole throwing motion, change up a lot of things, and they, they gave him the keys to the to the car. And they won a lot of games. You know, if Alex Smith was put in that situation, do we see a better version of Alex Smith? Maybe. You know, because we saw what Alex Smith looked like with competent football, like a competent football coach, Harbaugh, uh, talented defense around him. Obviously, we all remember Willis and Bo, Justin Smith. Whitner, you know, all those guys, Crabtree and Vernon were coming into their own. Frank was solid. Joe Staley was coming to his own. The offensive line was solid. You potty, Boone, you know, Goodwin was a really smart free agency signing. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's revisionist history. You know, people are like, oh, well, if we would have got Aaron Rodgers, we would have been so much better. Oh, yeah. Would we? Would we, though? Would we? Right. You never know. Right. You literally, like, everything, first of all, everything happens for a reason, but then circumstances yeah. are also everything, you know, right. like, those matter. There's but, no telling. And it would have been different games, could have been injuries. Like, you never know. Yeah. And Utah was a good team. He came out with a good program, he was a solid player. And, you know, I think the biggest thing was he's just a good human. Like, Alex is a good human. And that's, that's yeah. part that probably plays the whole part into the draft process. I think we heard um, McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was kind of against drafting Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco. Then he becomes a coach in Green Bay, and then they draft Aaron Rodgers. So, how uh, yeah, see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, you know, looking back, of course you draft Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, it's just – it is what it is. You know, he had a – Alex had a decent career. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's, a, you know, just a Hall of pretty good players, you know? Yeah, 2020 comeback player of the year, baby. What more could you ask for? And then, you know, our guy Tech here, the staff, the staff for the 49ers might have ruined Aaron Rodgers. It's honestly, yeah. they probably ruined him. 
Yeah, that's so true. Um, I mean, we've seen him, what he's done in the face of adversity over in Green Bay. I feel like sometimes he's kind of pouty. So he's I don't know how pouty. it would have, yeah, I don't know how it would have <laughs> flown over in San Francisco. But uh, it's always fun to to look back on on decisions, especially decisions made on draft day. And we will be doing that here pretty soon. Um, but let's jump into latest 49ers news ahead of the draft. We we have the team, you know, signing uh, some some depth players. So they signed running back Wayne Gallman and defensive end Arden Key to one year deals just today. Right. Yeah. 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 So like what do you think? What like do you think them. about these signings, guys? I I love it. Um, I think they're good depth signings. Um, I mean, especially Arden Key's definitely interesting. I think if there's anyone who can kind of unlock his potential, it'll be uh, uh, Eric. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to say his name. I, I need to get better at learning. It's either, how to it's, like, it's either Coach Eric or Coos Eric or something, but Coach K. Yeah, the K. Just call him Coach yeah, K. The, the Coach K. K. <laughs> the K man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Javi, um, how how important are these signings for the 49ers? Um, not just these ones that were made today, but all of the depth signings that they've made this offseason. Um, it's, it's typical of the Niners to do this before the draft, kind of fill small holes that you might have had. Um, I know with us talking, we all talk privately. You know, we're always we're always shooting ideas around. What if the Niners draft a running back? Are they going to take an edge player? It kind of gives them a little more leeway to go into the draft, a little more flexibility. Uh, Wayne Galman was a starter after Saquon got hurt. Um, so, you know, I could see him being in the rotation of Mostert and Wilson, Hasty, or whoever else they might bring in. So you're looking at Galman to be a guy who can probably take, pick, take up 100, 120 carries. So that's what you're looking for. Arden Key, um, he's a project. He's really, really raw. What's the deal with Ronald Blair? Is he going to replace Ronald Blair? Maybe. Um, I'm I'm more looking. I'm I'm more think Wayne Gallman makes the team, and Arden Key is kind of like a practice squad stash player, just because he hasn't shown anything in Oakland or Las Vegas or wherever the hell they are. Who gives a shit? Um, it's the Raiders. Uh, and their stupid tweet yesterday. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna talk um, about that. <laughs> but with Arden Key, you know, I liked him coming out of LSU. He had a lot of traits. Um. You know, he, he could be a dev piece. And if he can show something, that'd be great. You know, we, we saw what the Niners did with guys that weren't getting a lot of opportunities or weren't making taking the most making the most of their opportunities, like uh Jordan Willis out of in New York. He played for the Niners this past year. Deion Jordan showed some flashes. So those kind of guys were getting a little bit more in the backfield, causing a little more havoc with the Niners and with their coaching staff and the way the defensive setup was set up or defensive scheme was set up. Um, so we all know how the 2019 team worked out with a defensive line rotation of eight or nine guys. You're throwing in Arden Key, who is kind of like a speed rusher. He has that Alden Smith type of length. Um, so you're adding him to, you know, a defensive line with Bosa, Kinlaw, Armstead. You know, what if D Ford is back? You know, you, you start doing some rotation. The guy who keeps getting, in my head, I keep forgetting about him, Samson Ekubon. Ekubon. I think I say it right. Um, <laughs> Ibukum, excuse me, Ibukum. That's how you say it. Okay. Um, so, you know, you're adding him to that rotation. And, you know, I think the Niners are going to draft another edge guy and they'll probably draft another defensive tackle. But that just gives them a little more flexibility to go into each round with the thought of best player available. You know, we all know quarterbacks going three. 43-102 is where they're going to be like, what do we do? Corner, wide receiver, edge guy. You know, you're not you're obviously not taking a quarterback in the second round if you take one in the first. So, um it gives them more flexibility, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that's a great point that I think I think everyone's, you know, oh, what are they going to do at 43? It's like, dude, right. best player available. Like it <laughs> could be anyone, you know. So, I mean, obviously there are key positions that they should address. Like I know we know cornerback is one, but at the end of the day, you know, if there's someone else better on the table that's not a cornerback, then you and and there's a place for him, you have to draft him, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you're looking at you know, at, at pick 43, I think for me, it's going to be an edge guy. For others, it's Leo is like, oh, it's a running back. Leo, shut up. We're not taking a running back at 43. Um, corner and, you know, you know, wide receiver. It, it, there's, they, the Niners have insulated themselves and set themselves up really, really well to go best player available after that third pick. You know, they saw you. We all know the re-signings with Mosley, Barrett, Trent Williams. You know, Trent Williams is a big one. You, once you get him done. Kind of can do whatever the hell you want. Juice is back, uh, Tart is back, so you have some more flexibility. You can go take, you know, if your if your board is like De- Deami Brown from North Carolina, Tyson Campbell from Georgia at corner, or Joe Tryon from Washington, you have an edge guy. So where does your positional value rank for how you're going to pick? Do you take corner? You take the edge guy. You take the wide receiver. What's more important in this situation is that corner going to start over Mosley or Verrett? Probably not. Is this edge guy going to start over? Bosa or uh, Ibukum, maybe. So there's that. And then the wide receiver. We need a third wide receiver. Kendrick Bourne is in New England dancing. So um, <laughs> I would probably go wide receiver and edge in that, in that scenario. And yeah, I think Kendrick Bourne is, I think Kendrick Bourne has kind of slowed down his, his IG stuff. It's not as uh, long as it used to be. No, bless his heart. RIP <laughs> to a real one. Um, and at the end of the day, especially after what we saw last year, more guys – at more positions is always a plus. You never know who's going to go down with an injury. Um, they also hosted safety Tony Jefferson. So I think they're, I mean, we still got eight days until the draft. I I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw some more um, action by the front office prior to the draft. Do you guys think they're done? Um, yeah, I think so. At least in these next few days. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, I think I think they're done. I think I think we won't see any like major signings until like June first. Yeah, anyone who's kind of hanging out there, who's left over, you know, because you obviously depending on how this OTA stuff works out, rookie mini camps and all that other stuff, you're gonna want to get some guys in there. You know, the Niners are sitting at seventy. No, they're sitting at what eighty two players now after these two signings. They have ten draft picks or nine draft picks. I mean, someone's getting cut. You know what I mean? You can't roll. Yeah. You can't roll the season with ninety-one <laughs> players. So someone's going to get cut, right. and then you have to yeah. think about the. You know, the Niners are notorious for adding five or six undrafted free agents. So we'll probably see some of these guys at the back end get cut. You know, whether that be a Marcel Harris, whether that be Dante Johnson, who who lives on this roster. Um, you know, there's you know maybe Arden Key and those guys just don't make the run. You know, don't make that initial ninety. You know, they kind of have them hang around. Um, so you know, I, I think. So yeah, Tech said at eighty. Yeah, they're at eighty-three. They have nine picks. So two guys are getting cut because the they got to fill the you got to fill the holes. Um, and then the undrafted guys, like I said, five or six every year, and they've done pretty well with those undrafted guys. Mosley, Kendrick Bourne, Matt Breida. The list is pretty long on how they've done successfully there. So I would expect them to grab at least four or five of those guys. So we'll see some cuts too, and then June first, we'll see what they do. So to kind of piggy bank on that, or piggyback on that you mentioned <laughs> that <laughs> yeah <laughs> love that money uh you mentioned that you know 
they have an overflow of players already um, on top of the nine picks that they have. So I keep thinking that they might move up back into the first round, the tail end of the first round. Um, If they did that, who do you think they should be targeting there? Um, It just depends on who's available, right? It depends on what's falling. You know, is it Greg Newsom sitting there from Northwestern, the corner? Hell yeah. If you can get up, you can get up to the mid twenties. Yeah. Do it. Is Najee Harris in there? In the middle mid twenties. That's for Leo. I know Leo's probably somewhere Leo's about to say that's out. for Leo. Um, <laughs> is he sitting there? Maybe you go up there. Uh, what if you really like one of these pass rushers? What if his, what if his Aziz Ojalari is sitting there at like 28 and you can, Send pick 43 and, you know, 117, you get there, right? So, you know, you, you, you could, I could see them do that, you know, where they trade back into the first round. Or like Justin said here, best guard, maybe, maybe one of these guards are falling, you know, one of these guys are just sitting there that you want to take and you know they won't be there 43. Um, you know, that's, that's the risk you take. So you're, you're picking 12th in the second round as well, you know? Um, so, you know, if, if it was me, and one of their guys that's on the board, and you don't think he's gonna be there forty three, and you can get him by just giving up one extra pick. Yeah, might as well do it. And it's a first round pick. You get that fifth year option. You get five years of control. You know, you get a little bit more time to work with that player. You know, we all know how we feel about Mike McGlinchey. They have one more year to decide what they want to do with him. So, you know, it gives you that flexibility to do that. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely look at that. You know, I would not be upset if they traded back into the first round for Najee Harris or one of these wide receivers is falling. You know, what if? What if Rashad Bateman's falling? What if Yami Brown is, is going to be there at like 30, 31? Um, you know, you, you, can, you can go do that. And I think, I think they'd be smart to do that. And there's teams that are wanting to trade back, you know. Um, some of the teams at the back end um, are lacking picks. They're going to want to, you know, add some more picks. Because this, this class is going to be deep. Uh, this class, teams lack information. They're going to probably want more, you know, bites at the apple. You know, see what they can get. With these picks, if they can acquire something from the Niners, they probably will. David's got a new uh, mock draft coming out tomorrow on 49ers Goldmine. So, and it sounds like he's going to be trading up, training back into the first round. So, you guys look out for that tomorrow. <laughs> Which I would love to see that happen. That would be very exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is this is partially like uh, draft talk with Javi, partially latest 49ers news, even though he's not a 49er yet. Um, it was announced or released today. I don't know how you want to phrase that. It was announced today that um, Justin Fields has epilepsy um, and and is dealing with that. And I it, it's made you know waves on the Twitter sphere. Um, I don't know. I know Don't freak with out. Epilepsy. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you what do you guys make of that? Like, to me, um, this guy has been playing at a high level for how long, and it hasn't impacted him at all. I mean, we all were gung-ho or everyone was gung-ho about Justin Fields um, until this came out. Right. Still am for sure. I know there are some people that were questioning it a little bit. I don't know what the overall consensus was, but to me, the guy's, the guy's been killing it with epilepsy. That's just the fact of the matter. So does it, does it matter if you're a head coach, if you're a GM, like, and you hear a guy has epilepsy, which like I pretty rare, I feel, but um, like, how do you view that? Um, I view it, I view the whole situation as this is just normal draft, draft, yeah. draft <laughs> bullshit. Can I curse on your podcast? Is that loud? For sure. Okay. Yeah. We um, love cursing. You know, and who's, who's the most, who's the closest person to him? 
you know, his head coach. You know, I I don't expect his head coach to say anything negative about him, but what did Ryan Day's Ryan Day and I quote, he said, Justin's health, toughness and work ethic have never been an issue. And I'm not and I'm incredibly proud of his professionalism and the character he displays on and off the field. The fact that he's never missed a game at Ohio State at Ohio State speaks volume about how he takes care of himself. Um one, teams knew about his epilepsy before this came out. This is not news to anyone in the NFL. This is news to me, you, and everyone watching, unless you have some connection That's to presence. Justin. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> teams know. This is, you're, you're eight days away from the draft. You don't know this shit? Like, come on. Right? Yeah. To me, right. This it's is a medical all, condition. Like, <laughs> Yeah. To me, this is all just a part of the whole play, you know, draft content. Oh, he suffered from epilepsy. He overcame this. And, you know... It's a story. Um, it's a story. It's it's another way to to get engagement, and we we know we talked about it last night. It's just to me, this feels like kind of a smear campaign type of like let's push this guy down the board, like as if your epilepsy news effect with the Niners are going to do at three. For some reason, everyone's knocking the guy Justin Fields, um, because I think people know that the Niners are going to take him at three. And everyone's kind of avoiding that conversation. You know, how fun would the draft be if we all knew Lawrence Wilson Fields were one, two, and three? And you start the draft at four? Like, you want to, that, the, the Niners, I, I said it last night on the show. Um, and I think Bucky Book said it best. He's like, the Niners are the sun, and everyone is revolving around right now, waiting to see what the Niners do. The Niners are probably the most relevant team in the NFL right now, whether that be from Jimmy Garoppolo to Kyle Shanahan to this. Uh, trade that everyone swore they didn't they didn't know was coming um i think we all knew some of us the three of us knew it was coming right so uh it was um just it, to me it just feels like it's just another thing to kind of step on a guy um you know you guys see my name play fields of three i'm not i'm not budging off that fields of three yeah, and uh, I saw Tech say in the comments, and this was mentioned that people in his family also suffer or suffered from epilepsy and like grew out of it. So I guess that's a thing. So not a yeah, big deal. And you know, he's playing. He's he's playing in the Big Ten. Like, and if it was a concern, he wouldn't be playing in the Big Ten. Straight right? up, yeah. he took a rib shot, broke his ribs, and finished the game versus Clemson, and dropped six touchdowns on him. The guy has been through. The guy is tough as nails. Um, he's a vegan. People are, oh, he's a vegan. Everyone kind of goes back to the Kaepernick <laughs> thing. Listen, there's plenty of guys in the NFL that are vegan that don't announce it. You'd be surprised, yeah. right? Um, and this is what they want to do with take care of their bodies. That's what they feel is best for them. Let them do that. Who gives a shit? Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's just a knock. It's, it's, oh, he doesn't study. That's been proven wrong. Oh, he doesn't get past his first read. The numbers say that's a lie. He's not pro ready like Mac Jones. Again, the numbers say that's a lie. Like how many more things you have to debunk before you get to the whole like, okay, maybe he is the guy at three. How do you go from being QB two for the last five, six years with just with uh, Trevor Lawrence to now being QB five behind Mac McCorkle Jones and Trey Lance? No, no disrespect to Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is an outstanding prospect. But you mean to tell me the athletic specimen that Justin Fields is, is three spots behind Mac Jones. You kidding me? Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. No. So what is with all the Mac Jones talk? Like, why is this? I, I've never heard someone's name so much. And it seemed to just like appear out of nowhere for no damn reason. Um, I think it's, I think part of it is 
engagement. To me, it goes back to engagement, right? Same thing with the epilepsy. Yeah, you know, the Niners... I, like I like I've said, but like I like I've thought this before. Like Sean McVay punted Jared Goff to Siberia, right? And <laughs> you expect me to believe that Kyle Shanahan's going to want a quarterback similar to Jared Goff? Like we all like we the constant the constant comparison is Jared Goff and I'm sorry McVay and Kyle. They're you know their their offenses are the same. They do a lot of the same things. Yet yeah. we want to put Matthew Stafford with McVay and Mac Jones with Kyle Shanahan. What? When we know <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has had interest in Matthew Stafford, we know he had interest in uh, Deshaun Watson. Who's the closest thing to those two guys? It would be Justin Fields or Trey Lance, not McCorkle. Like, right. come Big, on, guys. Strong, this is... fast. And he said it himself. Strongest, guys in the draft. <laughs> you know, and I think, and it, yeah, he said it, and people kind of disregard what he's saying. Um, and it's like, oh, well, Mac Jones is similar to Kirk Cousins. And, well, Kirk, you know, we all know how Kyle ended his press conference. Like, well, yeah, I love Kirk Cousins. Cool. We all know you love Kirk Cousins, but that's not your ideal quarterback because you said it literally the sentence before. That's not your ideal quarterback. What you want your quarterback to do is to be an extension of you on the field. And that's why Kirk Cousins, for all the crap I've given him in the past and all the crap other people give him, that's why he works so well with Kyle. Kyle is like, listen, this is how the play is going to work. Do this, do this, do this. It's going to work. And he would execute, and he's healthy. And that's the biggest issue what we have right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not healthy. And Jimmy can execute. We've seen him do it. You know, for all the crap that I give Jimmy, he's not terrible. He's in the middle of the road, and that's just what it is. But I think Marcus Spears said it best. Like, why would you go draft a guy who's going to stay within your X's and O's, like Mac Jones, when you can draft a guy like Justin Field who will potentially elevate you past your X's and O's, right? That doesn't make sense to just stay where you are. Like, why would I? You're wanting to get away from Jimmy Garoppolo, so let's go get a younger version of Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff. That doesn't make any sense. Anyone with common sense would say, hey, it's either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. If the Niners were at two, then, of course, you're looking at Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance. And if they would have the first pick, it's a no-brainer you're taking Trevor Lawrence because you want the mobility, you want the ability to extend plays. You know, I don't know if anyone remembers the, the Super Bowl, um, Jimmy had a lane to run in in the first quarter, and I remember Kyle like specifically saying, "Hey, just go!" Like he cursed him out, like just fucking go, like run. You had space; you could have got a first down there. Instead, they they I think the next two snaps or the next two downs, you're you're punting. Like you could have had a first, like run, just fucking move. Like whether you're scared because your ACL tear, but slide, bro. We've seen you run a little bit, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those guys. I think. You know, I th- we go back to that Rams game in 2019, the end of the season. He throws that dart to Kittle on the run. Like, that's when Jimmy's at his best. Let him improvise a little bit. And I don't think Kyle's preventing him from improvising. It's just there's a structure of the offense that Kyle wants to run. Um, and most of the times it works. But when it breaks down, you need a guy who's going to be able to execute shit that when it breaks down. And it all points to me, Justin Fields. Like, it doesn't make any sense to pick anybody else but Justin Fields right now. I think it's so funny how people literally just like ignore everything that Kyle Shanahan says. Like <laughs> when he said, like, if we have the opportunity to upgrade at quarterback, we will. People were like, la, 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 la. When he says, I want the biggest, fastest, strongest quarterback in the draft. People just ignored that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's the funny part. It's again, to me, it's all to drive engagement. Like uh, if you look at, just look at anything that, that includes Mac Jones, the Niners underneath it. It's like, Fuck you, no way. Blow like it's everyone's pissed off all the way through. So 
you're driving clicks and engagement. You're getting people pissed off and people are like, Oh, look at these advertisement dollars we're getting now because we got the 49er fan base pissed off. Like who's been the most polarizing quarterback the last two years, Jimmy Garoppolo, either you love him, you hate him or you're in the middle. Like me, I'm just indifferent. I don't give a shit. Like it's all right. You know, whatever we can win with you. Yeah, just want to win. Yeah. Just yeah. win and, and, and cool. But at the same time, like we all, we all know that we've kind of reached the peak. Like if the peak is to get to the Super Bowl, cool. We got there. Now, Jimmy, I need you to go win it. And we were there and he didn't do it. Right. It's not all his fault because his offensive line kind of bang, you know, messed up there. Literally Lakin Tomlinson puts Chris Jones arm in the air and bats a ball down. Like that's not on Jimmy, but there's plays there. that's like, Jimmy, you had Kittle wide open. You missed this. You missed that. You need to go find the guy that's going to elevate you past your X's and O's. And that's where Justin Fields or Trey Lance, those kind of guys come into play. Like if Kyle Shanahan could, he would have got to Sean Watson. Without any legal issues, he probably ends up with Sean Watson. If you're willing to pay the price you paid to go from 12 to 3, you probably would have paid an extra first-round pick to get Watson, right? Yeah. You I can mean, agree there, right? I, w- I would have. Yeah. What legal, is that? What's it? Like, if none of that had happened. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. If none of that stuff happens, you're looking at you're looking at, at, at Sean Watson as a niner, in my opinion. You know, that's, that's four first-round picks. Cool. You're expecting the pick at the back end of the first half, first round, and you make some moves, and you, you, know, you figure out a way to move Jimmy Garoppolo, and recoup some of that draft capital but for me it's just oh it's just just bring me justin fields man i'm just so tired of this shit <laughs> fields at three um i think i want a tangent there i'm sorry oh no you're fine we that's why we brought you here dude we don't want to talk you want to listen to you talk um oh, i've had a question about about john beck and everything yeah. that we've seen about him on twitter yeah shifting to more exciting quarterbacks like you know Justin Fields and Trey Lance and uh, Zach Wilson, all of whom have worked with John Beck or have been asked to work with those players rather by Kyle Shanahan. Um, what should we make of them not asking him to work with Mac Jones? Sorry to mention him again, but <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> right. We can, we can mention McCorkle. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what should we make of that? And, is that connection real? Like, is is the fact that, you know, he's been kind of coaching them through this uh, pre-draft process, sh- like, should we be super excited about that? Does it mean anything? What do you think? Um, to answer that first part, does it mean anything? Yes. It means a lot. Um, the second part about, you know, with Mac Jones – it goes back to my. It goes back to Kyle's press conference. What did he say? He said we're comfortable with three guys. We need to get comfortable with the other two. So, in my opinion, he's comfortable with Lawrence, which he's not going to get. Wilson, which he might get. Maybe the Jets fuck it up and they do something stupid, or they take Fields in front of him, right? And the third guy would be Justin Fields. I think he's comfortable with Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields. He specifically asks Trey Lance to go see his guy, John Beck. Just in case. Just in case. If he's, if he's overlooking something, right? Kyle didn't scout Watson and Mahomes the way he should have. This is the smart thing to do. Get all the, get all the evaluation you can. Get all the inside information you can. Zach Wilson has been working with John Beck since he was a freshman in college. So who's most familiar with, with Zach Wilson? John Beck. Cool. John Beck and Kyle Shanahan worked together in Washington. John Beck and Kyle have been buddies for a long time. And it's another set of eyes, like uh, Roan once said here. Yeah, it's, you need those extra set of eyes. Um, 
and what Kyle wants, you know, Kyle runs a certain way in the offense. John Beck's also worked with CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Though John Beck knows what he wants what he wants, what Kyle wants in the quarterback. Um, so he's gonna like listen, this is what Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do well. This is what Nick Mullins didn't do well. This is what CJ Beathard didn't do well. And we all know <laughs> CJ and Nick did a lot of things well. that are like CJ didn't CJ no rhythm, Nick, <laughs> uh noodle arm. Jimmy is Jimmy's got a decent arm, decent feet, processing okay. We need a little bit more from him. So, okay, cool. You look at Zach Wilson. He's like a Derek. He, to me, he looks like Derek Carr at Fresno State, right? That's where he's at, to me, in my opinion. He's like a, he's like a Derek Carr clone right now. I don't want to give him, oh, he's Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. That's unfair. That's a so pretty good him, comp. So put him at Derek Carr. Like, if you, if you everyone remembers Fresno State, I think Guy Haberman made the comp, comp, and I was like, oh, wow, that's really good. And you go back yeah. and watch. You go back and watch Derek Carr. Then you you know you you see that, and then with Justin Fields, he's known Justin Fields since 2017. Kyle Shanahan yeah. from his QB Collective days, which is ran by Kyle Shanahan's agent, Richmond Flowers. And anyone who doesn't know this by now hasn't been paying attention to my Twitter since September, because I went all super FBI, 49er detective, because I figured the Jimmy Garoppolo experiment was over after Week One. I was like, it's over, it's over, well, it's done. Well, that was so, one question that I also had was. Um, I mean, you've been dropping nuggets about like the QB collective, yeah. you know, since the end of last year. Um, so when exactly did you learn about it and like, how did that, how? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I learned about it, um, when I was with pro football network, you know, Ben Albright, those guys, uh, Matt Kanata, those people over there, they brought it up about how they run a QB school. I was like, oh, wow, it's interesting. And they, you know, they broke it down and you start piecing it together. Like the entire Niners coaching staff is part of the QB collective. Then you look at the Green Bay Packers. Oh, look, there's LaFleur. Now the Jets have him. Stefanski runs it, runs the same offense in Cleveland. Like these guys are all together and they all run a similar offense. So, you know, and they're molding guys to get to the pro level. And you see like guys like Matt Coro out of Ole Miss. Um, DJ, I can't say his last name from Clemson. The new quarterback's coming in next year. Um, Bryce Young at Alabama was in that school in that class. Um, and from what I understand, Fields has worked with Kyle or just the QB collective guys in general, like every summer since 2017, whether, whether it's Kyle or not, but it's those guys in that group, you know, not some, some of them are not in the NFL coaching, but they're just private quarterback coaches like Sage Rosenfels. Um, I forget a couple of the other guys' names, but they, PFN, the PFN guys put me onto that. So I went digging. I start asking questions. I'm here in Austin. There's a lot of athletes here in Austin. Adrian Colbert, shout out to him, former 49er. He lives pretty close to me. We we chop it up. He, you know, he's took him to a couple gyms and you meet some people. Um, and you start breaking shit down. You're like, oh wow. You start piecing things together. Right? <clears throat> Zach Wilson has his great day. I pieced together the John Beck thing. His first check mark. I was like, wait a second. This is then Adam Peters goes to the Boise State BYU game. Oh, there's another check mark. Like the Niners were looking for a quarterback for a while. This, they, yeah. this, is, this is nothing new. This should not be surprising people. Um, and then with the QB Collective stuff, you know, you start listening to Sage Rosenfeld goes on, on a lot of these shows. They're talking about what the Niners are looking for in a quarterback. He's always talking about mobile extension of Kyle Shanahan on the field. Got to make plays after the fact of Kyle's play isn't perfect. We all know Kyle can dial it up, but sometimes it's not there, right? So... You know, the QB collective is just, it's a really interesting aspect to all this, you know? And 
I've heard people say like, oh, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, like they don't even spend that much time at, at QB Collective. Like they've been there like three times. And it's like, even if they're not there all the time, like you think those guys don't talk to each other, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like to me. Like Mike Shanahan like gets practice said, yeah. game film. Like Mike Shanahan still gets Niners practice game film. And, yeah, exactly. and I'm pretty sure he's still part of somewhat of the weekly game planning every week for the Niners. Like, hey, dad, can you check this out for me, bro? Like, <laughs> I mean, I sure, would. Yeah, I like, why tired. Would I not he has ask a time. <laughs> yeah, he's and like guys like Mike Shanahan, they, they don't really retire. Like, he's this is what he loves. Um, Hugh, shut up. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, take that weak hat off. Uh, it's gonna cough really quick. Cool. So, um, let's see. We we got the the Mac Jones. We've we've mentioned him a lot on the pod tonight, but too much. We've really but, seen the the national media kind of change their tune on him the past what week or so. So what do you what do you make of that? Um, we've you know Sage Rosenfels. He straight up said. SF ain't drafting Mac Jones, period. Uh, we know he played for Kyle Shanahan for three years, and he he works with both the Shanahan's at QB Collective. Yeah. So, right. um, what do you what do you make of the the backing off? Because I know we've talked about a lot about how you know it's engagement. Um, so, are they just are they flip flopping now for more engagement, or like what do you what do you make of it? Um. I think just no one knows anything. Yeah, I think everyone's yeah. just hedging their bets. I think everyone is just like, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> protecting their ass, you know, like, you know, with me, with the Stafford thing, maybe I should have just said it differently. Right. You know, but now people like Matt Miller, are like, Oh, what are you going to do April 29th when it's Mac Jones? And then literally tweets two days, like two days ago, like maybe it's not Mac Jones. No shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, don't make like, come on. Um, you know, and 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 uh, like Jordan Anderson, Jordan, Mr. Anderson, in the comments, you know, he could see why the Niners would trade draft Mac Jones, Sage. Yeah, you turn on the film, you can see what Kyle would like. He's a processor, easy, easy throw. Which, I mean, like any quarterback in the draft, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, and then Bucky Brooks had another really good analogy. One second, excuse me. No, you're good. It's those. It's the pollen in the air. It's, it's springtime, bro. Cedar down here is crazy. Um, allergies or covid that's like the new question <laughs> it's allergies um yeah <laughs> but uh knock on wood <laughs> but bucky brooks did the same bucky bucky brooks had uh the really good analogy he called mac jones iron man and he said mac jones is tony stark and his suit is the alabama team mm-hmm. so he's only a superhero when he puts the suit on he's only really reminds good. me of someone i'm listening oh jimmy g go on <laughs> oh had to get Listen, my I'm shot not in allowed there. to say anything <laughs> negative about Jimmy Carrasco. Another stray for Jimmy G. Dude, <laughs> anyway, carry on. Like, yeah, can get the job done because this team's freaking awesome. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, and, and and not to take Mac. I think Mac has decent footwork in the pocket. I think he has a decent enough arm. I think he's really good processor. Um, but you know, the same knocks and people were like, "Oh, Justin Fields didn't get past his first read." Neither. Like Mac Jones didn't either. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, you have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Like, come on. Najee Harris out of the backfield. You have one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, of course you're gonna have fucking six seconds to throw the ball. Like, what's going on here? 
right? Ohio State had a terrible offensive line. They played tougher defenses in the, in the Big Ten, you know, according to the, you know, the rankings and things like that. And, you know, you don't trade up from 12 to 3 to take McCorkle. Like, it just doesn't exactly. make sense. Yeah, <laughs> and the national media guys. calling him that. <laughs> 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 Like, I no like, wonder you guys buy I back. like hate and love that that's his first his, name. His like, mama McCorkle. calls him McCorkle. I'm going to call him McCorkle. Okay. <laughs> I will say this. If the 49ers do draft Mac Jones, I will name my next dog McCorkle 100%. Like, mm-hmm. that's an awesome dog name. I'm writing that down. I would. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, 99%. Like, um, would, I, would I be mad if they drafted him? Absolutely not. Um, would I be disappointed? Would I, would, I, would I question Kyle Shanahan more? Yeah, because I'm not, you know, it's not it's not McCorkle's fault that he gets picked third. You know what I mean? If he doesn't succeed, yeah. kind of like Solomon Thomas, he got picked third. He didn't succeed. That's on the that's on the staff. Yeah. Um, and those folks. So, um, it doesn't, you know, it's it just doesn't make sense. You don't you don't trade up to, to go take Kirk Cousins light. You know what I mean? With a beer belly, like come on, <laughs> Kirk Cousins light diet, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Okay, uh, Javi, you brought up uh, Matt Stafford and mm-hmm. um, what you could have, should have, would have done differently. And I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if our, our listeners know, but you were actually featured in The Athletic. Um, Bay Area Sports Guy wrote a column all about you. Kind of uh, yeah, I seriously think that's a, it's a big deal. Like, I mean, I know that was like not the best moment in your life, but um, if you haven't read the piece, go read it on The Athletic. It's just about Javi, um, you know, saying that details were being hammered out in the Matt Stafford de- uh, deal, potential deal. And then, of course, you know, he ended up going to the Rams. Um, I think everything you said in there was like so real. It's like this is we're all doing the same thing. We're all out here trying. And like you were trying yeah. to, to give the people that follow you, like the information you were getting, which you believed was good. What was, what was not only like that whole situation, like, um, titter, t- titter. Oh my God. I just said titter instead of Twitter. Jesus. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter can be a toxic place. It is. So what was that like? And then like, what is it like to have, um, a publication like the athletic, write about you a quote-unquote podcaster um you know the the whole thing leading up to it i think anyone who knows um i had i had i had a lot of good i had a lot of really good information leading up to that like hey uh dan campbell is hired staffers gonna request a trade request a trade i tweeted that out because i had heard it i was told it um, yeah, you got that right. Like, right. Fact. So that counts. That counts as correct, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had the uh, Atlanta GM hire correct. I had the Robert Sala hire a day early. Um, yeah, I kind of got irritated with the whole situation because I had heard he wanted. Um, I heard I had heard the initial conversation was a six year contract, and it turned out to be a five year. Okay, cool. Off by one number, right? Right. Um, you know, and and again, like I told, like I told the guys, the Athletic or Bay Area Sports guy, that. I'm not trying to break news. I just wanted to share with the people like, you know, there's certain things that we should all know about. Like this team should be a little more trans. They're, they're as transparent as they can be. And I understand that it's good. It's good for them to lie and, and withhold information. But sometimes, you know, people need to know people want to know things. So I get down to the senior bowl, you know, we're, you know, we're at the, we're at the practices and there's agents everywhere. Like literally I'm standing between Nicole Lynn, who is one of the biggest, brightest, youngest 
female agents in the NFL. She's awesome. I'm talking to her about Deontay Brown. And then to the right of me is Drew Rosenhaus cursing out somebody about a guy wanting a trade. It was hilarious, right? And then in front of me is the UAB coaches. So, you know, I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of talented people. And I'm just me, right? Living you know, it up. You, you hear things. You talk to people. They get to know you. They know who you are. Um, and it, it's really cool. So the situation was cool. And then you go out drinking that night. You start hearing things. You sit around, share text messages, see people's phones. And you're like, oh, wow, this thing might actually be real. John Lynch is in town. The Lions are in town. John Lynch is seen with the GM talking for a couple hours. You know, for literally from where I'm standing, I could see John Lynch, like, across the way. He's, he's standing there just talking. Um, and, you know, you start putting the pieces together. You get a little more information here and there. And then I get the call. Like, hey, this might happen. You know, they're hammering things out. I'm like, okay, cool. And I just tweeted it. And I kept going about my day. Like, I didn't care. I was like, all right, It wasn't cool. like you literally just the tweeted, done. Matthew Stafford has signed with the 49ers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so, right. like, I, like I, didn't, I didn't say it was done. And then, of course, the Rams come in to play. And I found out the Rams weren't at the Senior Bowl from the UAB coach. He's like, hey, our guy Austin Watkins has talked to everybody but the Rams, because they're not here. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So that, I was like, okay. And then I get on the plane to go back to Texas. And they're like, oh, the Rams are kind of involved. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Uh, and I'm yeah. like, there's no fucking way the Rams are going to trade for Matthew Stafford. And then they do it. And then there goes my Twitter. People acted like I killed their kids, Dude. ran over their dog. Like, Dumb. bro, like, I don't, I don't need the clout. I run a podcast. I have two kids, a wife. Like, this is not the most important thing to me in the world. You know, I love my Niners. I love doing what I do because it's fun. And people just took it a little bit too far, which is fine. Cool. Get mad, whatever. But at the same time, like you wouldn't say none of that shit to my face. That's exactly what I said in, in the athletic in the athletic piece. Like people talk tough through through their their keyboards. It's like you're not going to say anything to me in person. Like, what the hell? I'd buy you a beer in real life. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was just a weird, weird situation, you know, and then. And I had no reason to not believe the guy who gave me the information because he had been right so many other times. So I was like, okay. Right. And I had other people tell me the same thing. You know, when you're, when you're in the same room as, you know, guys like Albert Breer and Matt Miller and you got agents here, you got an agent there, you got this guy from uh, Locked On Sports, you got, you know, like, oh, wow. You know, and people know who you are because of the podcast that, you know, myself and my previous yeah. co-host had built. People know who you are. So it's pretty, pretty unique. They're like, oh, you're Javi. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. And it, it, it is what it is at the same time. You know, if I, uh, at the same time, if I were to do it again, I probably would have been a lot more vague about it. Just be like, hey, the Niners are expressing interest in Matthew Stafford and left it at that. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just tweeted out what I was told and that's it. You know, I, I can't control what happens after the fact you know what i mean so was there any part of you like after the fact that felt like maybe you might have been like used you know in in all of the the deal talks and everything like someone used you to get different information out there to maybe push something one way or the other um i don't think i'm that powerful i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> you never um, know <laughs> i mean i've gotten phone calls from a team before about hey don't talk about this prospect anymore because other really? you know, and I've, I've been told like hey teams it, 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 
teams have like a guy in the basement, like literally listening to every podcast and li- <laughs> watch people's Twitter accounts. Like they do. Hope they're watching this, you know, and they're, you know, they're trying to see what else is out there. Cause people talk, you know, regardless of what yeah. other people like to believe mm-hmm. players have family members, players have agents. Those agents have family members. Things get out that type of way. Right. That information, yeah. whether it's true or not, it still gets out. And there's, that's how a lot of things leak or whatever. And I'm not saying the Niners leak or whatever, but it's just, there's just a lot of stuff that gets out. And I just told you, I was here with Adrian Colbert lives close to me. I've met him. I've been around a lot of players in the NFL because of him. Thanks to him. A lot of agents because of him. Thank you to him. So there's just a lot of information that comes out and you know, it it is what it is. And people just need to understand that that's just because I don't have a blue check Mark and I have 7,000 followers doesn't mean I don't know who people are. Like just Google Austin, Texas, check out who lives here. Earl Thomas, Deshaun Watson has a house here. Drew Brees lives here. Nick Foles lives here. Like uh, UT training. That's the big one right there. UT, University of Texas. They, they're always here. Like a lot of these guys are here. Marquise Goodwin literally works out at, a, at the field in Pflugerville, which is 10 minutes from my house. He runs on the track literally every day. You go watch his IG story. He's running on the track. You know, yeah. you, you run into a lot of these players out here. Sixth Street is where a lot of these guys hang out. The domain is another spot where people hang out. You know, you, you run into players all the time, you know, so it just is what it really, is. It's crazy. I don't have that experience in Turlock so much. Listen, you just got to get Kaepernick out there, bro. That's it. You get Cap on Dude, the show. It's a wrap. You're probably too scared. Oh, my God. You know, isn't that crazy? Like, he's probably too scared to go to Turlock now. Like, Yeah, damn, so but... um, they had the first ever Pittman High School, like, Hall of Fame awards in 2018, I believe, mm-hmm. fall 2018. And obviously, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Pittman High School treats him really well compared to everyone else in Turlock. But um, they invited him to the the awards and he didn't show up, but his dad did come and and take the. I don't blame him. No, yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it's it's funny to me when people are like surprised by that, and I'm like, bro, like you took his hot dog off the menu at the hot dog place downtown. <laughs> like, yeah, didn't they put know? his jersey on the floor? It's like to into a bar oh, and stuff. Like, come on. Yeah, some places use it as like a doormat and shit. So super crazy. Stupid. Um, that's that's one former 49ers quarterback that that we all love. Another one that we all love that's currently on the team is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, what happens to him if the 49ers draft a quarterback at three? I think he's traded. And it's not like people are like, oh, you, you just hate Jimmy Garoppolo. No, it just, it's common sense. If anyone's paid attention to the NFL the last 15 fucking years, like, cool. Everyone's like, well, this is the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation. No, it's not. It's not even Bro. close. <laughs> that cracks me up. I'm sorry. It's not even close. Like Alex Smith is a different human. You can't, you know, yeah. I, I view this as Sam Bradford, Carson Wentz scenario. Um, it, it, this is a business. It's $2.8 million cap hit if you cut them or trade them. It doesn't make sense to keep them. Um, what is he going to teach the new guy? I don't know. Now, that's not to shit on the guy. It's just, what are you teaching the new guy that, that they can't do now? Right? Um, and I think I, I go back to Kyle Shanahan's quote, someone's gonna be left at the altar, right? That's what Kyle said at 12, someone's gonna be left at the altar. So there's going to be someone who is going to be quarterback desperate quarterback needy. And the Niners would have, whether that's Justin Fields, McCorkle, Trey Lance, um, on the roster with Jimmy Garoppolo, you're not trading the rookie you just drafted. You're trading the guy who's been here a couple of years who has some value in the league and you want to trade him now. You don't want to trade him next year 
you don't want to trade him going into. I'm sorry, you don't want to trade him in the season because what if he gets hurt? And God forbid he gets hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. What if he plays poorly? Then his value plummets. Right now, his value is at the all-time high. Whether that is a second-round pick, whether that's a first-round pick, um, you need to get something for him now. And I would, I would think they, um, yeah. And if he was, in, and if Jimmy was a guy, you wouldn't be drafting. You wouldn't be drafting a quarterback. You wouldn't have made this move to draft a quarterback in the first place. Um, Tech is my guy, by the way. That guy is awesome. Um, I, I, to me, I think that the teams are dwindling, though. Like the way I view the draft, obviously, you go Lawrence Wilson feels at three to the Niners. What does Atlanta do? Whatever Atlanta does, kind of dictates where Jimmy Garoppolo ends up. Because does New England come up to four? Because if New England comes to four, they're taking a quarterback, right? So that right. you automatically scratch off New England. Who's left? Washington, Chicago. Who's going to take McCorkle? Washington or Chicago? McCorkle. Whoever's left over might be stuck in a spot where they're like, do we really want to have Fitzmagic? Do we really want to have Andy Dalton? Um, who else is out there that might need a quarterback? You know, there's, there's Andrew would take Fitzpatrick. I would take Fitzpatrick. You know, who, who else needs a who else might need a quarterback out there? You know, and it, I know the. Limited. I know the Panthers are like, think they there have been reports that they're now thinking of moving back, right? Yeah, so you move back. So what if what if McCorkle flies down to eight, and they can move back, and Denver move up, Denver might move at one spot, and they take McCorkle, mm-hmm. or yeah. they trade for Jimmy. Like me and Josh, have, me and Josh have spoken privately. Denver was in on Jimmy Garoppolo a few weeks ago. I don't know where that's at right now, but that's another spot, you know, because Drew Locke is immature. He hasn't shown any improvements. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the middle of the road quarterback, and he's probably he would probably win a lot of games in Denver. That is exactly. a really good roster. Really like good roster. I wouldn't mind taking a, a chance on him if I'm another team that is in need of a quarterback. I mean, like if you put the right pieces around him, he can go to the Super Bowl. He's proven that. So um it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. What were you gonna say? I'll just say this though on on Denver, they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, who oh, yeah. <laughs> Garoppolo can't beat. So I don't know. <laughs> I would, it, it, with Denver, though, like I think Denver's defense is strong enough. Denver plays big fans. Yeah, really do, do, Denver plays play pretty good. And if, if you can yeah, get just do. a better, if you can get more consistent, it's really, it's crazy. I'm putting consistent in Jimmy Garoppolo in the same sentence, but a more consistent quarterback play like Jimmy in Denver, um, you might see a team that wins 10, 11 games and they're in a wild card spot, right? If they're he in the stays playoffs. healthy. If he stays healthy, yeah. you know, me, I think Denver makes the most sense for Jimmy. I think Chicago makes a lot of sense. New England, of course, you know, but what do they, what do those teams do come draft day? I think D four quarterbacks go in the first four picks and that fourth one is going to be the one that kind of off kind of sets everything up. And I think the Niners trading the three really ruined a lot of teams plans. You know, I never, I never got bought the idea that Carolina was in love with Mac Jones. Get out of here, bro. I watched him. I watched you coach him. Like, come on. Um, I don't know, Henry. I just know that there was there was some kind of talk. And I don't know if it's um if it was strong enough to even have an offer. I just know that there was some interest. Just anyone anyone listening on audio, Henry asked uh what what Denver would offer oh, yes, for sorry. Jimmy G. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I think we're gonna too. upload this later. <laughs> oh, um, um and, and and you know, with New England. What do they send? Like, what, what's it going to take to get Jimmy away from San Francisco? And I think at that point, I think the Niners would take 
whatever they can get. Like if if New England sends pick forty six for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm packing Jimmy Garoppolo's bags for him. Yeah, because I'm stoked. You're picking three. 43 and 46 that 43 and 46 give you enough ammunition to get back into the first round like we talked about earlier in the show you can use 43 and and 117 get back in the first boom you're picking somebody late in the first round and then boom 46 you can go get your corner right or whoever it was who was there right these are just dream scenarios right chicago you know they're picking 20th in the second round so what are they picking like 50 they're like 51 or whatever would they send 51 yeah send that too like i i would send him to those spots for that pick yeah. Um, so after Justin Fields' first pro day, I did a poll on Twitter and I asked, who would you rather have at three? Um, and it was between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. And um, Justin Fields won, uh, beat out Zach Wilson. And I think if I would have asked that back in like December, November, I I think the poll would have been a lot different just because of, of hype fault. on Twitter. And I was about to say, you... Like, uh, you were one of the people that brought Zach Wilson to a lot of 49ers fans. Attention. I got yelled at for it. Yeah, exactly. I know it, was, it was a huge thing. Um, and I remember you you posted that clip of, I forget who he was doing an interview with, but he's like zooming in the car. And he said he really like loves Kyle Shanahan's offense and could see himself fitting in nicely. Um, do you think it's like, what percent... What percentage do you think it's possible that um, Fields goes at two and Zach Wilson is still on the board at three? And given the choice between the two, who would you rather pick? And that's a question for Steph, too. Um, Percentage-wise, that Fields goes two, I think it's like 1%. Yeah. And 99% that Zach Wilson's going to. Um, you said it's pretty much in Sharpie. but Yeah, well, you know, I think two. there's a lot of people saying it's in Sharpie, and I'm going to... I'm going to believe him on that because there's a lot, there's just too much information on that. Like, you know, I saw something on, on Twitter and Instagram the other day that Zach Wilson's like trying to buy custom cars in New York already. So we'll see, we'll see what that is. He's a rich, he's a rich kid. So maybe just buying some custom shit just to have it. But, um, and then if, who would I choose? I, I like Zach Wilson. I really like Zach Wilson. I haven't changed my opinion on him. I still think he might have a better career than Trevor Lawrence. Um, don't kill me for that. And uh, Trevor Lawrence got the playbook tech. Didn't didn't they already give him the playbook? Trevor Lawrence got the playbook first. I don't know. Where Zach Wilson Wilson is. Didn't... I don't know if they I gave him the playbook saw... yet. Okay. If they did, cool, cool. Then it's definitely hundred percent. He's going to the Jets, right? Yeah. Um, but if I had to choose, I'm I would have I'm going to choose Justin Fields based on size. You know, yeah. the thing that scares me the most is Zach Wilson. He's like six one. 210, 215. Right. He's real light. He's real light in the ass. He, Could he, like, snap. Yeah, he needs like a mayonnaise sandwich or something to get get his weight up. Just um, hit a, get hit the squat rack, dude. Yeah, and then you know with Justin Fields, I, I think I just think Justin gives the Niners just a little bit more of what they're looking for. That the ability, the threat with a running quarterback, the zone, the zone reads, the uh, outside zone stretch run game, the fear of having a running a running quarterback that's running four four, just makes things very difficult for a defense. So. I think he's a better fit, um, but I would not be mad if Zach Wilson mm-hmm. was the pick at three either. So no, I already said, you know, any of the top four like are fine with me. Um, Steph, I feel like I know what your answer is, but <laughs> yeah, speak on it. It's pretty well documented, but um, yeah, I would also <laughs> go uh, Justin Fields. And the reason for that is I just think he's more battle tested than the other quarterbacks. 
Um, he's gone against uh, tougher quarterback, sorry, tougher defenses. Um, just like some of the injuries he's played through or just um, just being a little banged up, um, but he's able to play through it. I just feel like you know what you're getting with him more so than the other guys. And that's the kind of certainty that I think the 49ers should be looking for for someone that they gave that many picks to move up for. So I think it should be Fields. For sure. Well, um, Steph, do you have any more questions for Javi before we jump into the Twitter submitted questions for him? Um, I I don't actually. So I'm going to start reading off some of these questions from the mailbag. So <laughs> a mailbag. Oh, here we go. Mailbag <laughs> editions, baby. Um, so 49 thoughts asked, and we kind of touched on this already, uh, giving, give the best possible scenario post draft with a quarterback situation being what it is. Uh, best possible scenario is you got a pick for Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade. You have Justin Fields as your starter. Um, and you find a quality veteran backup, whoever that might be out there. You know, this is where I think Cam Newton might come into play. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. New England, send us Cam. Cam and Fields have a Jimmy. really good relationship. You know, that might be something we're to help teach him how to run the offense, and you don't have to change the offense too much. If, God forbid, Fields gets hurt or vice versa, Cam gets hurt, you can still run the same offense with something like that. So best possible scenario to me would to get, you know, a second rounder for Jimmy. Fields is in, it's a starter, and then you find a, a solid veteran backup. I haven't heard anyone mention that before, like the yeah, duo of Newton Fields, and now I'm just like, wait, legit, look at me though. making like, sense. Look at me yeah. making sense, <laughs> as you I always do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and it was, it was like, oh, Cam sucked last year. I'm like, Cam had COVID, he still balled out. We watched him play against Seattle. He's on a terrible team. Yeah, like they had no yeah. weapons, and they still they still won seven games. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, come on. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's Kyle Shanahan. Good. It's hashtag Kyle. Hashtag Kyle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Boogie Jones asked, when are we extending all pro Fred? Is there any timetable for that, you think? I have no idea, but I would assume Dude, it's right before training camp. <laughs> I would assume I would I would assume okay. it's on the same it's on the same timeline as Kittles, you know, right before the opening of training camp. You want to get that guy yeah. signed. You know, you, yeah. you want Obviously, you paid Kittle, you paid Trent. You pay your you pay your best players. If you can't pay your best players, and you run into a DeForest Buckner situation, then you're kind of scrambling. Uh, with Fred, Fred has gone from, you know, a guy that you know was going to play this the the will linebacker spots again, the green dot in training camp to, you know, flashing like in 2019. And then 2020 was just another level of outstanding play. Um, you know, he to me he's ready on caliber like he's getting there and he's he's probably might have passed one of them i don't know which one but i don't want to get yelled at on your podcast but i think <laughs> i think he's probably passed one of them already so no give us the engagement i think <laughs> i think he probably passed bo i think he passed bo at this i don't point. think that's crazy to say yeah and i think I mean, fred I, is fred is just he's, everything he's crazy he's, he's elite yeah yeah he is um do you think he he might hold out no no, okay. I don't think he'd hold out. I think the Niners would pay him. I, this is something where, like, the Niners have been familiar with paying linebackers good money. You had Willis. You had Bo. Like, they paid those guys early. They paid them guys well. I think Fred would be a guy that 
they pay early and they pay him very well. And I think you want to pay him now before he gets that second all pro because then the price goes up. Pay him now. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. Yeah, one of the most important positions on the team and one of the best players in the league. It's he's no probably player. the he's probably most important defensive player on the team. Like yeah, yeah. And I, I know Bosa oh, yeah, and all those guys, down. but like Bosa didn't play last year. And if it wasn't for Fred, we probably would have got smoked. Would have got smacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, to me, Fred, I mean, he's the quarterback of the defense. He he really is, and he's he's a leader. Um, obviously, he's elite as we've been saying so yeah he i agree he's probably the most important player yeah. on defense come on the show fred <laughs> yeah i talked to his dad his dad said his dad was like i'll ask him and i asked him again he's like oh i forgot to ask and i'll ask him oh. i'm waiting i'll wait i'm waiting mr mr warner senior <laughs> shoot your shots everyone shoot your shots <laughs> um 901 club said who are some players in your eyes who are underlooked at for the 43rd pick in the draft Tyson Campbell, corner, Georgia. Eric Stokes, corner, Georgia. Uh, Tryon, um, Joe Tryon, UW, edge rusher. Um, I like Patrick Jones in the, in the late rounds. I like my guy Benjamin St. Juice, cornerback out of Minnesota in the late rounds. You Austin, love him. I love Ben St. Juice. He's <laughs> awesome. Um, but do, Austin do you feel like, sorry, do you feel like he's an option at 43? Because I've seen him mocked like, Ben going way later. Yeah. No, I think he'd be, I think he's more of an option, you know, round three, okay. round four. Uh, Keith Taylor, another guy that I really like. Um, you know, I, I think this class is pretty deep. Uh, Melifonwu, corner from Syracuse, another guy you should take a look at. Andre Cisco, safety from mm-hmm. Syracuse, another guy. This class is pretty loaded DB wise and wide receiver yeah. wise. Um, Austin Watkins Jr. is a guy I really, really want. He's just, he has that dog about him. He's got a really good frame. He reminds me of Anquan Bolden, but much faster. Good hands. He only had one drop in college out of like 156 targets. It's pretty crazy. Um, solid wide receiver. Good run blocker. Um, Drake Jackson of Kentucky. Center is another guy that fits the, uh, the 49ers offense. David Moore Jr. out of Grambling State. Another guy. Um, there's just... Ellerson Smith, edge rusher. Like, there's this class is to me, this class is pretty loaded, and you're going to get some really good depth players in that fourth, fifth, sixth round that can be contributors. And I think the Niners need to come out with, I know you didn't ask, but I think the Niners need to come out with five or six contributors in this draft. They have to. You have to. Yeah, for sure. Dude, just a wealth of knowledge. Just listing those names off the top of your head. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what is your advice to people who, may not be as like uh draft literate as as you are how do you how do you teach yourself that and how do you study and like how do you know all the players well i have two kids as you both know i have a wife yeah. who works night shift i put my kids in bed at 8 30 once the house is clean i kind of just have the house to myself <laughs> and i'm not a tv guy so i don't really care for tv shows or i love tv or whatever so i just you know i'll just flip on the tape i'll talk to my boy fernando i'll talk to him you know, our guys and we, we chat and stuff like that. Um, but I'm usually just watching tape um, and just reading. Like, I just like to read. I, I really enjoy the process. I, I think I enjoy the draft season more than I enjoy the regular season because there's just so much information and the drama's there. Like, this is like my telenovela, the draft season. It's like, oh, yeah, who's going there? And you said you don't like TV. Yeah, but I <laughs> no. I mean, if it's not like what's the last the last series i watched game of thrones and we all know how that ended so um (laughs) 
Um, I'll get it started. Yeah, but you know, to you know, for those who were really interested in it, just you know, I started off really like YouTube a couple years ago, just really just watching YouTube highlights and shit like that. And then you meet people on the internet and they start sharing content with you, like, hey, here's here's all 22 for this player and that player. And I just kept getting, I kept stockpiling film. So I'm just here in my office and just watching game tape and yeah, I, you looking really, at stats and numbers. So you can tell you have a passion for it. And I think that's like one of the things that you definitely need to, you know, become who you have for sure. <laughs> and then, you know, anyway. my kids are asleep. So that helps. Like that's my relaxation. Yeah. Like I can do that. Like, you know, my the Bulls stink. The Yankees are playing like shit. I, it's like, all right, man. You know, uh, what's the next next mailbag cue? All right, Chris eighty four call asked with the history on drafting quarterbacks in the first round being what it is. How many in this draft will be elite? How many will be busts? That's such a hard question. In it the is. first round, um, okay. So round one, you have Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl type of quarterback. Doesn't mean he's going to make the Pro Bowl, but he'll like have Pro Bowl type numbers. The team might suck around him. Um, but you know, immediately, him, I think you have. I think you have really good numbers. DJ Chark's a solid player. They have yeah. a decent offensive line. Um, they have a decent running game. So there, there's stuff there. Urban Meyer is, is a pretty good coach. I, I would expect them to win some games. Um, I don't know how many they're going to win, but I think you're, you know, you're looking at him like Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow was on a really good pace. Right. And then he gets hurt. So hopefully Trevor Lawrence doesn't get hurt. But my point is the rookie who, who was elite in college transitioned really well to the NFL. And I think Trevor is going to transition pretty well. So he, he could be like a pro bowl, a perennial pro bowl type player going forward. The one that scares me the most is Zach Wilson at the jets. Because regardless of Robert Sala, you know, cool, Robert Sala could be have a great first year. Defense could be really good. Offense could be okay. But what do they do when LaFleur leaves as, as an offensive coordinator? How is he going to transition to the next offensive coordinator? What is their plan going forward? Because I think it's safe to assume LaFleur will probably get a head coaching job, right? So yeah. how's that going to work out? Is he going to go through that Alex Smith situation where he has five, six offensive coordinators and you're redoing the Sam Darnold situation? Um, Justin Fields, I think when is the last time a team as loaded as the Niners drafted this high? I know. Right? right? You know, yeah. and when I say loaded, I mean, you know, regardless of the guys who were injured last year, they won six games and they were in yeah. every game with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard at quarterback, right? So you're asking for a quarterback who has a lot more traits um, to win you games. So yeah, of course, I, I would think Fields would be successful. I think Lawrence would be successful. Um, and I think Fields would be a Pro Bowl type player as well. Um, when it comes to Trey Lance, situation is going to matter for him big time. Yeah. Um, and I think he should start year one because he's gone 15 months without taking a snap. And you want him to sit another whole another season? Yeah. Right. He's got to go to a spot where he could start. And I, I think wherever he goes, they're gonna he's going to have to start somewhere. So that situation may hurt him. But I think he has the upside to be a pro bowl player. And then Mac Jones, I think he's, you know, to me, he's, he's your safest. He might be the safest bet, but he's going to be your Kirk cousin, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky type of player. Who's going to rely on play action. He's going to rely on the team around him to be successful. And if the team isn't built up around him, he's going to, he's going to struggle. So if I had to like put some weird, like, 
you know, qualifier on them. I think you have, I think you have two all pros in this group, Lawrence and Fields. You have Pro Bowl caliber player um, with Mac Jones, and you, I'm sorry, Pro Bowl player and Trey Lance, and you have quality NFL starter in Mac Jones, and the guy with the highest bus potential seems to be um, Zach Wilson. But you know, could the situation be really good in, in New York? And that, those are the questions that I have. So. You know, that's just kind of where I'm at with those guys. Man, if I'm a quarterback like in the draft and I have, you know, the possibility of being drafted by the 49ers that high and like the potential of going to that team, I am stoked. Like, yeah, I'm so excited. I and any quarter, well, whoever, whatever quarterback they get immediately has an advantage over, you know, yeah. any other first round quarterback that is has been drafted in the past because they're going to this this great team that you know just got the short end of the stick last season so it's gonna yeah. be so exciting to see who they pick and you know not to compare the niners to the cowboys but it's like the Cowboys situation with dak right they that team wasn't supposed to be drafting fourth they take zeke okay you get zeke and then you 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 luck into this dak prescott pick in the fourth round because tony romo gets yeah. hurt and now you have a stack roster where dak prescott can excel and that's kind of how yeah. i view the niners you have debo you have Ayuk, you have george kittle Trent Williams there. Alex Mack is one of the smartest centers in the NFL of all time. Probably he's going to help the kid out. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a key component is being missed here. Alex Mack is important. Like his importance to this offensive line and the quarterback where he can oh, yeah. get to the line, set the pre-checks and help the quarterback out there quite a bit. So, yeah, he's for sure going to like overtake that, that leadership role that Staley had. I feel that was kind of missing. So I'm yeah, excited absolutely. to see that. Absolutely. In uh, this last question here from Niner Gang eighty eight, if you had a guess now, will Lawrence be better than Luck was? It's an interesting question for sure. That's tough. Yeah, Luck was Luck's a bad motherfucker, man. Jesus, yeah, dude. R.I.P. Um, I think sim- similar to, similar to um similar to the Dallas situation. Luck went that roster wasn't terrible. Like they had won what thirteen games, and then Manning gets hurt, and they lose. All those games that you get luck and they're back to the playoffs. So with Lawrence, is it, the roster is not as great. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think Lawrence is as good as luck, though. I'm not in that camp. I think um I think Lawrence I think Lawrence might have pretty much hit his ceiling in college. Like I don't I have yet to I I didn't see him improve in college. Like but it's also he's around a loaded roster and he really didn't have to do too like he did a lot. But when you're getting smoked by Ohio State and Fields is growing six touchdowns and you're struggling against an Ohio State defense that really wasn't that good, I have my questions, right? Yeah. So but I think I think I think Lawrence can be successful in the NFL. You know, you DJ Chark and Lawrence could be a match made in heaven. They have a really good running game. They have plenty of picks. They can make a lot of things happen in this draft, which I think is pretty deep at, you know your um, skill positions on offense. And then, you know, just make sure you can protect the guy, you know, Trent Balky, don't ruin this guy. Like, just don't ruin it. It's not, you got, <laughs> oh, no. you got the easiest pick of your life. Like you got to lay mean, up here, man. Like wouldn't just, put it past him, you know, just get it done. But yeah, yeah I, I yeah, yeah. LaVisca Chenault was a stud. Like they got weapons yeah, in Jacksonville. Um, but no, I, I don't think he'll be as good as luck. I, I, I just think luck's highest peak was, all pro like he was on a hall of fame path right and lawrence he's it's too early i think it's just too early and we'll we'll find out soon enough if that's Absolutely. fair I, I hope i didn't cop out of that question but i just it's really tough 
Well, like the draft is a crapshoot. Like we all know that, you know, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. It's impossible to know what guys are going to do. The best we can do is look at what they've done so far and try and guess. So, yeah, I don't know how else you can answer. Really? It's yeah. The draft is stressful enough. Well, eight days, eight more days. Well, Javi, I feel like we grilled you. Um, we've been going right. for an hour and 15, but our last segment is usually the the Twitter tizzy. And <laughs> man, Twitter. We love Twitter. Okay. Um, the Twitter tizzy that I thought of this week was uh, someone, someone said that all of a sudden, this person said, all of a sudden I'm seeing all of these women on my timeline, like wanting to draft Justin Fields who <sighs> don't even watch college football. And like, you know, I had to pipe in. I had to chime in. I just said, I was like, are you okay? Like, wh- why are you singling out women? First of all, like, I could count on both of my hands how many women I've seen tweet about Justin Fields. And right. for sure, all of them know who he is, know what he can do, have watched him play in college. So why are you singling out women when, like... Javi, I think you're the thirstiest for Justin Fields probably on the timeline, and you're a dude. Absolutely. Like, you know, yes. I just didn't understand. And I feel like, you know, it goes back to the whole thing with um, Jimmy Garoppolo when he was a starter and when he was winning games and when people were excited about that. Like, it always goes back to, oh, the, the girls just think he's cute. And it's always a knock on women. And so um, if you're listening to this, just chill the fuck out, dude. Like you don't have to attack women every day of your life. Um, we, we actually do watch sports and we, we know what we're talking about. So like, and if you want to get that off my chest and if there's, if there's things that you don't know, you, you ask, right. I'm always asking you shit. Like, and and there's things that I don't know. And I refer to other people, you know, no one knows everything. And that's, it's just ignorant from for other men or for just men to do that. It kind of it's embarrassing. Like when are we, you know, when I started, when I, I shouldn't say I hate when I how I sound like that, but when I the idea for Four Niners Goldmine came up with me and Leo, um, we were like, you started we it, like take credit. It's all right. Um, <laughs> you, you guys know me well enough. I don't like taking credit for shit like that, you know. Um, but I was like, yo, we need we need women on this platform. Four Niners fans deserve women discussing the sport and their team. So. You know, who are two of the smartest people I knew? Angie and Steph. I was like, all right, let's will they will they answer to us? You know, like, hey, we want to do this, this and this. And you guys are like, hell yeah, let's do it. So I was like, yes, we did it. You know? Yeah. Um I didn't you know, even stop being like, do I have time for this? It didn't matter. <laughs> um and in sports, you know, it's 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 needed. It's you know, you guys you guys spend 73 cents of every dollar. Like, you guys are in this market. Like, come on. Um you're needed in everything and when it comes to sports if you can you know convey just a different perspective on everything hell yeah and it's not about a guy's looks like bro i think fields looks great i you said it i'm probably the thirstiest guy for justin fields <laughs> i don't care right and then exactly. you know the, the other the counter argument is like if you don't like jimmy garoppolo he must have slept with your wife like come on guys like stop being stupid like that's just ignorant. yeah um, women deserve to be in sports. Women have earned the right to be in sports. Women have bust their ass to be in sports, you know, and you two are a great job. You helped me out quite a bit. Um, so, you know, it, for guys to be like that, shut up. You know what I mean? Like I would put shut Steph up. and Angie, I would put Steph and Angie up against a lot of these dudes. And, you know, we've had our film sessions together where we all just watch tape. Like 
we literally sit there and like nerds and watch tape, you know, <laughs> while we while you guys discuss while you guys drink white claws and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's you know that kind of that stuff irritates me. You know, I'm I'm always here to uh, back the ladies of just any sport, really. You know, and you guys especially. So I, that, I saw that comment. Alone, I'm not trying to argue with anybody today. Jesus, take the wheel. Just I always, I always got time. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think that's why I love um, working with Steph, not only on the pod, but 49ers Goldmine. Like, dude, she's so like football smart. And I'm just like, I want to be like you. Um, and I think it's cool that we can kind of like use this to show that, you know, girls uh, can do it too. Cause I feel like it's a very male dominated, especially like the, the content creator scene, um, on social media and stuff. I feel like it's very yeah. male dominated. And so like a sausage fest, it's a sausage <laughs> fest. We say it all the time, but yeah, we're, we're so happy. We're just happy to be here, man. We're just happy to be here. Yeah. There's and plenty of room for everybody. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I just wanted to say like Javi, thanks for like, giving us a platform on 49ers gold mine to do what we love and talk 49ers football. We fucking love it. Of course. Thank you guys for being here. Shit. I need both y'all. I need both <laughs> y'all big time. <laughs> yeah. And we can't wait for the draft. Um, we especially can't wait for season. No matter who is that quarterback, we're going to go Except so hard. Except- <laughs> oh God. I don't want to see that because if he is somehow, some way, someone's going to pull up the clip of me saying, nah, no, you specifically, (laughs) but, um, we're going to, we're going to start going hard during the season with the 49 K pod, um, weekly. So we're excited. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Javi. Seriously. Anytime. Probably our best episode so far. Um, you're just, you're great. You're like, I, I've said this like three times, but just a wealth of knowledge and a, a prodigy on 49ers mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh, so God. thanks fam. Thanks guys. And um, you know that. for 49ers goldmine, we're going to be having some draft content on day of, I think we're planning to do something for day one and two. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. Um, David has his mock draft coming out tomorrow mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I'm working on some sweet graphics for picks. And as uh, always, always. I think, with the yeah, I think I think <laughs> round table stuff for day one, day two. But yeah, we'll keep you guys all posted on that stuff. Yeah. And uh thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our new YouTube channel and then also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um you can even leave us a re- review. We would love that too. Tell us how great or how shitty we're doing. So um, this is the 49K pod and we are out. Thank you. Peace.